0: In this episode, Ryan and I discuss the infinite banking concept for business owners and a story from the front lines. Welcome to the Banking with Life podcast. I'm your
1: host, James Nethery. And I'm your co-host, Ryan Griggs.
0: And as usual, Saturday morning, February 29th, we're having fun.
1: We are. A lot of fun. And we eventually got down to sitting down and doing a podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we did an awful lot of work before.
1: We did. There's a lot, lot coming. On. There is a lot coming.
0: Well, you want to expand on that?
1: I mean, I can. Not,
0: not to throw a bunch of carrots out there. but When's this going
1: to air? I, in April. I don't, I don't know. We'll ask Andrew. So later this year, in 2020, there will be a series of accessible... Breaking news. Yeah, well, limited access but accessible uh courses videos uh resources to help people who want to implement infinite banking the correct way with the right people to go about educating themselves and do you know we're going to provide the resources so people can conduct their research and it starts with let's be very clear about this there's not it's not a replacement nor a substitute for the book called becoming your own banker written by nelson nash that's where things start and where one needs to revisit frequently however there's other things people and i'm glad we i'm so glad you asked this (laughs) people you're
0: welcome yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: well becoming your own banker is important there's a five-part book review that you and i have done that people can go and watch for free
0: legitimate yeah they should in depth
1: page by page line by line i mean it's very there's nothing else like it that's just the fact that there's nothing else like that out there um So we did that. We're gonna have these other courses available, but it does start with becoming your own banker. And what I get questions, you know, people, and it often comes from questions like, you know, sh- shouldn't my income equal my premium? Does it take me seven years before I can get a policy loan? Do I have to do this right. for 25 years before I get anything out of it? Those kinds of questions that... Shouldn't
0: I buy or put policies in force on my grandchildren because they're younger than me?
1: Right, yes. Ooh, questions about, yeah, thinking right, that right. the conventional underwriting approach or the conventional I don't approach need to underwriting... death
0: benefit. I don't need any life insurance. Yes, all of so those questions. So there's going to be some basic... Um, information, right? Fo-
1: foundational. 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 right? And it's important for people to understand that becoming your own, you should know becoming your own banker frontwards and backwards and especially if you're an advisor. Uh, mm-hmm. However, becoming your own banker is a pedagogical tool. Nelson put that book together I'm going to put the definition of pedagogical, <laughs> <pedological>, <laughs> meant for pedagogical, pedagogical in, right? in the show
0: notes. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: It was meant to convey a concept and to teach a concept. It right? is a teaching tool. Absolutely. There's more beyond the book that needs to be in place for an individual to properly implement infinite banking. To go about actually here in 2020 or 2030, whenever you happen to watch this, there's a, there's a particular <laughs> series of steps that one needs to take to appropriately acquire a properly structured dividend-paying whole life policy from the right company for the purpose of implementing... Just becoming the
0: information to even make the decision if that's what you want to do. You know, give me an education. Teach me yes. uh, what I should know or what I want to know about, you know, life insurance, finance, capital, capital. economics. Oh, my gosh. Okay? Yeah. Um, and then this idea of becoming your own banker. Yeah. So <clears throat> I got to, you know, you mentioned that whether it's twenty, thirty, and I'm just going to interject here. You know, my lovely wife, Jana, and I did a podcast, an episode. It was released on February 1st. Listen, it's
1: getting enough coverage already. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Please go and like that. Okay, there's a competition between my wife Jenna and young Mr. Griggs here to see who gets the most likes on a particular video. And since Jenna only has one out there, she's already at a disadvantage.
1: No, she's <laughs> at an advantage. There's only one to go like. You got to go like a lot more to like all the ones I'm on. I'm bringing that up. I'm going to add all the likes together and then compare it to her one. Ooh. I think that's fair. Okay. <laughs> Look, I bring that
0: up because in, in discussions prior to... Re- Recording that. Mm. Um, you know, is there, will, will there be any perceived value? Are you sure? Um, we're just going to sit here and talk. And we came to the conclusion, her and I, that, you know what? If our great great grandchildren, who we may, n- will, will never even get to meet, yeah. if they have the opportunity to watch it and learn something about us, it was well worth it. Yeah. So I'm just saying, when you said 2030, my great-great-grandchildren will possibly be watching. Absolutely. And I'll meet you on the other side.
1: I so. love it. Okay. So there's a lot of videos coming. Uh, some will be available to just the general public for uh, some fee. We don't I know exactly you, what it's going to be. Are you talking
0: about creating click funnels here? Are you going to force me to watch a bunch of illustrations or examples before I ever get to talk to somebody? <laughs> if you, you listening by uh, Stitcher, Apple, iTunes – Please go to YouTube and look at this young man's reaction to my questions.
1: <laughs> you know, I we have a certain philosophy on marketing, you're, quote unquote, if you want to call it that. Um, namely, I don't like it. And I think that a lot of what's out there is irritating and frustrating and riddled with noise. You know why? Why it's out there?
0: No, why it's... Frustrating, or seems. Oh yes, I know
1: why it's frustrating. Is because we haven't put out the proper path. So really, it's a illustration of my failure, our failure to go about doing things the way they need to be done.
0: I'm not going to accept that. I have a, I have a limiting. I'm not going to accept the uh, failure. No, I mean that that those things out there that seem frustrating and full of, um noise it's because it is it's because they uh-huh. are yeah frustrating yes. noise. but it's not a, it's not really a failure i mean we've been st- we've worked steadily um you and i this is true together and separately individually so we're we're i think we're legitimately um working hard and delivering fulfilling our calling so i'm not going to accept the word failure all right challenge maybe i'm challenged on time to produce the resources that the marketplace, if you want to sell it, um, the general public, most importantly, want. They want clarity. They want clarity. Who they doesn't? do not of, I'm talking about when it comes to the infinite banking concept. There's mm. a lot of people who don't want to learn anything about life insurance. I'm talking specifically about the people that have an interest in this idea of becoming your own banker. They want clarity. They want simplicity. They want the truth. And by God, they can handle the truth.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah. So that's all going to be available. I'm okay. going to outline it. It's going to be systematic. It'll be available. Some of it will have to... There will be a phone call in place first before access is granted because um, it's really for people who are serious and people who are seriously investigating the concept, considering well, what phone, it looks like to become your own banker.
0: That would only be part of it. There's going to be resources educational content that's educational they don't have to have a phone call they don't have to do anything but log in and potentially pay i mean there may be a cost but it'll be well worth it pay for your education yeah yeah um if they want to engage and implement then there would be that opportunity but there's no obligation or even expectation right so I mean, there's going to be accessible content that I can go and legitimately just learn from. And I'm going to pay to have the access to that content and then enjoy and do with it whatever I wish. If they would want to implement uh, this idea with you or with me or with our team, then they would have that opportunity. But, okay, I'm just saying that you don't have to call if you don't want to. But if you want to, please feel free. The number's right down below. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we wanted to, that's our announcement that I didn't know we were going to announce, but you brought it up, so I'm happy to announce it. <laughs> Speak okay. it in the chubby. That's right. Uh, well, I'll, we did. And we even have a subject. We beyond, did. We did. Yeah. So what's our subject today? Um, you mentioned that you would like to talk about
0: mm-hmm. business owners.
1: I do. and Business owners, like the hoping. high people who maybe you own the company, really the owner of the company, right? Not an employee, whether they're executive or not, but owners of enterprises because I get caught. And the reason where where this comes from is current clients, so just calls this week, right? Uh, With questions about, you know, can I deduct the premium? Should the company own the policy? Uh, How's that? What's the financing arrangement look like? Right, between whomever or whatever owns the policy and where the money needs to go. Right? What's the repayment look like? Can I get a deduction somewhere? Is the interest deductible? Right? Is there any magic in that? Am I am I getting something for nothing by virtue of taking a policy loan? Right. Those are the kinds of questions that I think are out there, and it occurred to me we've not actually directly addressed that before.
0: Right, and and we haven't, and it's almost on purpose, but um and I say it's almost on purpose because it would be hard to really address that thoroughly in in one or two one hour podcast episodes. You see look the life insurance industry is very creative, okay? Mm. Um and then the uh the federal government is and always has been very desperate for money. So I'm just saying that the federal government wants you know, to separate you from your capital through taxation. And, you know, whether you like or dislike me, I love you. But taxation really is theft of private property. And then on the other side of that, it's redistribution of private property. Okay. <clears throat> I know who's going to build the roads. The same people that build the roads today, but they will do it more efficiently. For half the price. <laughs> okay. And this is... Uh, February ninth. you know the local primary or elections are going on. So I voted. I know. Okay, I don't want to I don't want to go way down there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying that so look when it gets into the business owner, you know, can I deduct a premium, right? The life insurance industry has created, you know, there's an insurable interest between an owner of a company and maybe a key employee. Mm-hmm. Right or several owners, right? Buy sell agreements is what they're called. If I die, you know, my wife is automatically going to step in and and enjoy my part of your the ownership. ownership. Yep. And do you want to be partnered with my wife, or do I want to be partnered with your wife? Right? There's a buy sell agreement. If something happens in the buy sell agreement, it is quite often funded with life insurance. Yep. Right. So it just provides the capital to buy.
1: And that policy is owned by the institution, by the corporation. Mm-hmm.
0: There's several structures that can be done there. Um, but two, the, and, and, and that's just one example, Yeah, right? The other, or another example is this executive bonus, mm-hmm. right? How do I keep an employee, right? Um, and then I can carve out or I can discriminate within limits. I don't have to bonus every employee. It's an executive bonus, so... There are several variations of that. And then there's the um, double executive bonus. <clears throat> and, and I don't want to go way deep into all of those, but the premium is deductible up to a certain point. Mm-hmm. right? But then, then it is also income taxable to the employee. And then there are some agreements um, that have to be in place. And my whole point is we automatically think as a business owner, we want to lower costs. Automatically, why? Of, of course, Duh. of course, it costs a lot of money to be in business, and the most really expensive part of being in business is in the cost of employees,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Right behind taxation, um, which I get it. The cost of all the products are in you know, the taxes are embedded. I, I understand all that, um, but then you have the cash balance plan, nobody talks about that a lot, um. You so want to there, get into that? <laughs> no, I don't want to get into any of them deeply, but there is a place for life insurance for the business, right? You, if you're a, if you are a business owner, you need to work with somebody who is knowledgeable and has the ability to correctly help you implement whatever that solution is.
1: Right. Okay. So there is a place for all the various types of life insurance related <laughs> products to be owned by the business. There is a place for that. And that's all other than infinite banking.
0: Right, and you can make a case either way. Listen, do I want to make a tax scheme out of it? Do I want to own life insurance privately? And if we look at the structure of the entity, the business is corp, LLC, S-Corp, C-Corp, partnership, um, you know, assets owned, or, yeah, it matters, what entity owns what asset mm-hmm. or could uh, matter greatly right. so
1: I mean know, that's why I, the, the way I see just from an economic perspective the reason the corporation's in place in the first place is to address either actual or potential costs right you're you're maybe it's a tax thing maybe it's a worried about potential liability thing maybe we need to you know separate the individual from the assets for purposes of you know preparing for a worst case scenario type of deal
0: no you're right? acting like a government official separating the person from the asset. I'm kidding
1: well i mean that you know there's a, a la- it adds a layer of protection i think I'm funny it adds a layer of protection right and there are there's legitimate reasons why that would be in place yes we ain't talked about banking though. Right.
0: And two, depending on the structure, right? Is it a sole ownership? Is it, you know, there's just mom and dad that owns a C Corp? You know, how many employees? It it's all your money. It could be, depending on the structure of the entity. Is right. my point. So if it's all your money, what's the most efficient way to throw to to flow capital through your personal life and your business life?
1: Right. And, and then the proper place to put it and accumulate it and expand on into the future. A, absolutely. And
0: protect it and control it. Yeah. Okay. So there is a legitimate place for, for these, you know, executive bonus, key man, cash balance, the use of life insurance um, in a business. Right. And there's a, a legitimate use of the infinite banking concept for the business owner. Yes. And then when you get down to what is tax deductible, what is tax deferred, what is accessible, what is protected and what is not protected, you get right down it becomes clear how the structure should be mm. for the business owner.
1: Yeah, the information informs the structure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as you're talking about that, talking about all of that stories come to mind of interactions with clients and uh, seeing their information seeing the data and it does it becomes so it just becomes clear you know it's like I, and I, and so you can kind of see it the longer you're around the for me the longer i've been around the more it becomes <coughs> clear just what the data is telling you and then in the conversation that's how i can see if you know we're on the same page well and you mentioned
0: it earlier when we when the life insurance industry, the financial professional generally talks about executive bonus, key man, cash balance, they're looking at risk or reward,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? And then the the focus and the emphasis really is very close to, attached to, I want a tax deduction.
1: All right. So there's a deeper, what I want to express and highlight is that there's, infinite banking solves a much deeper need a much deeper problem beyond just the business right it's it's addressing the need for capital yes for your business but also for the family for yourself for the kids the grandkids for the future right for your financial legacy
0: anyway hey all right why did you build yes of course we all want to deliver a value to the community and make a profit we're all capitalists except Bunny Sanders <laughs> and all the other guys up there. I, I, I really don't want to be political. Just have I just went and voted, you know, and it's like, oh my gosh! Um, and I love all the people I voted for. <laughs> <and the> psychological <laughs> harm. Okay, it is. I'm still working through it. <laughs> right. um, look, the executive bonus, the key man, the cash balance, and it, you mentioned it, it. It doesn't address banking, the financial professional that is. Um, delivering, working in that space, and there's no disparagement whatsoever. But they the just focus is on the focus is on you know keeping employees, keeping the business operating, and getting a tax deduction. Right. And banking is not addressed in there. No. Nope. The most important part of any business is access to capital. You can't deliver a service or a good without
1: access to capital. Tell me about a business that failed because they were overcapitalized. No question.
0: <laughs> That's why businesses fail. Um, besides, the marketplace will, um, you know, expedite the failure of a business if it's not worthy to be in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, it's access to capital. Well, tell me who controls the access to the capital. To the business. Tell me how many banking relationships you have, Mm. right? Okay, tell me who, oh my gosh, we can go way into that. Uh, You're talking about business or perspective, clients. How about the last great conversation that I had, which is no different. I mean, every business owner is the same. I have collateral that I've... I have property that I've collateralized to have access to operating capital. And while there is no problem and everything is going well, that's a great relationship. You and the banker, man, Mm -hmm. they know your name. They know your wife's name. They know your children's name. Dress is
1: nice. Probably gives you coffee when you come visit. Happy to see
0: you. If you have time to go there, you know, they'll come to see you. Of course. It's all about service. Yeah, until something doesn't go right. Mm Then my... My question is always, look, if you have, pick a number. You have a $100,000 line of credit, operating line of credit, business loan, whatever it may be, tell me how much capital or how much collateral do you have? How much of, what's the value of your assets collateralizing that line of credit is my point. From whose
1: perspective, the market or the bank?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No question about that. From the business owner's perspective, right, who is always just trying to work hard, Right. And keep the business running and profitable. Keep the employees profitable and happy and devaluing their time over and over. They never value their time appropriately ever. Mm. They've got more time into it. They're working harder than the banker is, my opinion. I mean, at the end of the day, I love them. But the banker, the local banker, they're just selling loans. Aren't they just selling money, repackaging money? No, no way. They're just repackaging digits because the money didn't exist. The money
1: didn't exist. Yeah. Okay. So they're taking a, a fundamental property, a claim to your property, the assets that are generating revenue for you and your family. They have that mm-hmm. in their books and their files, so that when they want, you know, maybe the business gets bought out, maybe there's a liquidity crisis, which just means everybody underestimated their need for capital. Shock and surprise.
0: And right. The money supply all of a sudden shrink. Mm-hmm.
1: And then. Okay, so they, they then get, and it, the internet marketers, the financial entertainment people, who I will remain unnamed, right, but you can go and read their little bios and, and learn about their bankruptcies or their near run-in with bankruptcy. Why? Oh, they all had, uh, what's it called? They had outsourced. Their control over capital to bankers. They
0: abdicated their responsibility to perform the banking function.
1: And funny how those same individuals, I'm going to mess around and get triggered. And there's a segment that's going to set me (laughs) off in a minute. But (laughs) they're the same ones. I'm shocked. Mr. Grix is getting triggered. (laughs) They're the same ones that turn around and want to burn life insurance down. Oh, yeah. It's like the the very people, the productive ones, the popular ones, the ones who are online, the ones who have an extreme need for capital, also simultaneously dislike the one asset that would best deliver them what they need. And it's like, what?
0: How? Well, there's something going on behind the scenes.
1: Then. And you talk about the financial profession, how they just... I think it's as you were explaining the conventional arrangement that the financial industry proposes to the business owner, it just... I don't like using these marketing terminology things, but that idea of a scarcity mindset, mm-hmm. right? We're just trying to keep things together. We're trying to, you know, cover costs, lower costs, all of that. And here's all, you know, seven thousand different products to help you do that, right? All of those things in place. It's like, what about the future? What about all the opportunity that can come that will track you down, as Nelson used to say, and in person hunt you down. If you have control over capital, that whole people say, what's the cost to getting involved and becoming your own banker and everything? And it's like the, the true cost to not becoming your own banker. Uh, yes, there's the dependency on the conventional financial planners and all that and the, and the, the banking cartel out there. There's dependency on all that. That's uh,
0: very expensive.
1: That's, that's very expensive. Yet there's also the opportunity cost. There's everything positive that we don't gain because we don't have access to capital, mm-hmm. and that's the real cost to me. That's it's the business you didn't start. It's the entrepreneurial venture you didn't finance into existence. The it's wealth your,
0: you didn't create.
1: Yes. And not just yours, your kids, their kids, their kids. It's on down the line. And you know, it's the
0: experience that you would have gained in that endeavor. I, I've said it this way many times, not strictly for the business owner, for all of us individually. You know, when we become dependent, or I mean, just think about that. The dependency mindset, yeah. you know, this, the idea of becoming your own banker is absolutely liberating. And it breeds dependent, I mean, independency. Mm. Right. It repels dependency. I do not want to be dependent upon a financial guru. I, I want to have a, a relationship with um, educated financial professionals. Right. Saying that, um, I want to. I want. I, I want to be able to rely on business arrangements that I enter into, but I don't want to become dependent upon them. Right. Right. And and I don't want to. Uh, my my point is this that. That the infinite banking concept breeds independence. Okay, now now I've lost my train of thought. I'm going to have to even cut well, into go this.
1: back to the what, go back what? to the business person. So should the business? Well, no, per- no. That,
0: that's wait, wait, wait. That's where I'm, that's where, I'm, that's, where I'm, that's where I was going. The idea of becoming dependent. Okay, it limits right. That's that's the talk about opportunity cost. It's like why would I want to be become dependent upon somebody, something, and um get comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. where I don't need more than what I have right now, and I only want to produce what I have to have right here, right now. I am so missing out, I am missing out. Maybe I'm scared to go into business. All right, maybe I'm afraid mm. to go into business. Right? I don't want to take the risk, I have a great idea, I have a great product, you know, but I don't want to borrow the money. I don't want to be beholden to a third-party lender. or Whatever the case may be, it's more comfortable for me to do nothing.
1: Well, yeah. And then the entire internet marketing guru world, that whole niche is based on providing some dressed up scheme to get access to capital. That's all it is. All the real estate (laughs) trainers pay 20 grand to go to a a seminar. And what are they? They're going to tell you what the script is, what to wear, and how to talk to the banker. Why? You need capital to get the property. That's all they're selling. So the whole, this whole, that community, that, the fact that we've that that's out there is due to the fact that individuals do not have control over capital and so when I talk to business owners the most you know the productive entrepreneurial value creating members of society and pointing out that they don't have, the people who need it most are the ones who don't have it right Okay, so to answer the question technically, should the business own the policy for the purpose of infinite banking? Look, the the business owner, the business person, the the person in charge of the corporation gets to choose who the corporation does their banking with, right? Most corporations choose the conventional business, uh, the conventional banking cartel. Mm -hmm. And then that's where just like you're talking about, there comes all the dependency, right? They've got the ultimate control over property. Is that property, you know, are those loans collateralized? They sure are. And they're over collateralized, but the business owner thinks that they're worth, the bank takes 50% off of that and says, no, we're going to need a lot more to cover that hundred thousand dollar line of credit that you mentioned. Okay. So all sorts of dependency and there's never a problem until there's a problem, but then there's going to be a problem. Here we are in 2020, the corrections coming, there's going to be some problems. Uh, The alternative to that is developing ownership and control over the banking function by the purchase of properly structured dividend paying whole life insurance owned by the individual. So when the corporation chooses with whom or with what it wants to do banking, the corporation can choose the individual. So now Mm -hmm. it's all under the umbrella of the individual's control, the individual's purview.
0: Right? by contract. You know, you, uh, there's a couple of things that are very important. Um, you're, and you spoke a minute ago about the future. It's very hard for the business person to think beyond one year or two years or three years because there's so much going on in the business. Um, and if you think about that, most banking relationships are entered into kind of on an annual basis with a review, and then when you speak to the assets and being collateralized, you're exactly right. Every loan is over collateralized. And I'm, we've, I think, discussed this before on different episodes of, now, wait a minute. I've got a uh, unsecured line of credit. <laughs> right. Well, really? Sure you do. Um, as soon as you sign your name on their corporate officer, you pierce the corporate shield. You know, um, and so but then there is never a problem until there's a problem in liquidity squeeze is it coming <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is it coming it's uh it's creeping in like a flood to me um and you can even talk about negative interest rates for a minute, right Ooh. um talk about liquidity crosses okay we're we're already in a negative interest rate environment in my opinion mm-hmm. Right, interest rates are so low and then you look at inflation, what's the real value of the dollar doing? It's like, we're in negative interest. We've been in, the, in my opinion, but I'm not the PhD economist. I'm just a country boy <laughs> from Johnson County. Um, okay, so <clears throat> my point being, and well said, the 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 banker has control. Right. I don't care who you are. Right. So you may be in control of your business, but the larger the relationship with your bank and the more dependent you become to the access to the capital and they're controlling the access it doesn't take a blink of an eye for that relationship all of a sudden to become soured mm. Ooh. and talk about over leveraging i've spoke with uh, every it doesn't matter every businessman
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh you know i've got 10 million dollars in assets oh but it's you know collateralizing 20 million dollars in debt oh really Ain't not that well yeah <laughs> yeah, it is well for who mm-hmm. anyway okay
1: well and then so let's bring it back to becoming your own banker he who owns the gold makes the rules that's right the golden rule
0: and that's really my point is all of these business constructs uh of owning life insurance, deploying life insurance in how whatever fashion it is, key man, cash balance, ex- executive bonus, double executive bonus, um, we're not discussing the banking function. Mm. We're not addressing the banking function. And when the business person controls the banking function, that's the best position that they can be in, mm-hmm. period. So let's solve that. That's the whole idea of the infinite banking concept is controlling the banking function. So let's disengage from the typical or traditional thought process of the financial planning world. Yes. And we can we can do that with the business owner as well. Mm-hmm. And the business owner, well, they're pretty smart people that have been in business and they go into business and they stay into business. Yeah.
1: And uh, then notice how all those relationships change once you do have <laughs> substantial control over capital and you no longer need these, the bankers or the, f- the conventional financial people, right? It, what's that worth?
0: And it'll take time, but it's worth it. You know, you don't get all leveraged up in a business overnight. Mm you know that you've entered into these relationships and these are good people the lenders especially the local lenders you know they're pillars of the community generally you know they're at the members of the same country club and which i don't go to country clubs but <laughs> unless there's chambers a, of commerce a state men uh, involved i might go there <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean they're pillars of the community you know they're everybody's uh, benevolent within their community
1: and I'm just saying. And we're not coming at those people. Not at all. When I lived in Lubbock, I had... uh, lot of friends who happen to be in the banking business because i like going to these chamber of commerce after hours things and you know making them pay for offering an open bar
0: (laughs) (laughs) but i probably had to reprocess their strategy after you visited a couple of times and of course
1: the nicest ones were always hosted by the banks because the banks make interest on money that previously didn't exist so of course they're flush with cash they can put on the nice lavish events and okay i'll make you pay for it
0: they're just making money on a spread (laughs) you know look they're 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 loaning money at six, and they're earning three. They're just making money on the spread, Mr. Briggs. Yeah.
1: It is stunning to me. Digression, but how many economics professors and I see videos on Facebook, and you know the people who try to share their videos around, who <clears throat> explain how. How, what they think banks do that they lend your money mm-hmm. I keep hearing that banks lend your money and the idea in the quote unquote free banking world which is like a little segment of the economics profession that sort of is a fellow, travel of, fellow, fellow traveler of the Austrian school they think that the banks and your money they earn you know the bankers just keeping the spread and their, their admonition is that individuals know that Right, that we know that the demand deposit's really not there, right? People have actually, the banks have then went and lent that out. It's like, that's no. that the, 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 the banks are lending money that did not exist previously. They're literally creating it. Bob Murphy has a great, my dissertation advisor, co-director and founder of the Nelson Nash Institute has a very good article where he just walks through a very simple hypothetical example using T-charts to demonstrate how Uh, a bank does in fact create money they have the legal authority to create money and there's a specific way in which they do it further digression it's also why murray rothbard was wrong about when he said that life insurance companies expand the money supply in the way that commercial banks do they don't right they can't because they don't have the particular facility that commercial banks do within their their structure uh in order to in order to accomplish that anyway got off the point there but they're
0: no that's a very good point i mean it's look the local banker
1: um, and the local banker doesn't know that
0: they don't know that That the local banker believes that they're making money on the spread right i mean it's this is it's not surprising that the average all-american individual has no idea how banks work and how
1: money's created because even the bankers don't so to close that loop that's on purpose i'm not mad at the mr and mrs Average Joe and Jane down at the bank. Like no. they're nice people. on my friends who work in the banking community, they're nice people. We love you, Bobby. Yeah. But <laughs> so shout out to my banker. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh at the end of the day, all that He does listen, by the way. Thank you. Oh, that's good. So
0: yeah. Awesome. Yeah, okay.
1: At the end of the day, the business owner doesn't have control. Okay, so then what's that look like? The business owner applies for dividend paying whole life insurance structure for the infinite banking concept where the individual business owner is the owner of the policy right and then when the business like the individual when the business has a need for capital the business gets to choose with whom to acquire it and the business the individual gets to choose the individual so the business does business with the individual and there's a lot of repetition of words yeah, there, but okay. does that make sense? Yeah, so that, no, I
0: followed you completely. So no. the business owner can do business with whatever bank, quote unquote, quote he unquote. chooses. Right. Right? So if he, if he happens to have a stockpile of money, capital, in a life insurance policy, and a bank in this sense, quote unquote, bank, is nothing more than an aggregate of any one thing. Right, so I've said this many times. And here's the, oh,
1: I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt
0: you. If I pile up a bunch of money somewhere, it's just a bank of money. Mm. All right, let's 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 talk about this for a minute. I married up, my beautiful wife must West Moines, Snows up there unmercifully, <laughs> right, for weeks on end at a time. So I'm a southern boy, right? Mm-hmm. It snows in Texas maybe once every two or three years. And then it might, where I live, not in the panhandle. I live in north central Texas, Fort Worth. It snows here every two or three years and it might last two or three days at best. Mm. If we were to drive up north and have many times in the wintertime and it snowed and you see that big old pile of snow that's drifted up against the the barns or the buildings, what do you call that pile of snow? Would it be a snowbank? It could be a snowbank. (laughs) If you and I, look, if you and I, Mr. Griggs, we were going to go get blood today Mm. because it's clean. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, It's like... um, where would we go to give blood? A blood bank. Bank. Yeah. Okay. If we were to float down a river in a canoe, what do you call the pile of dirt on both sides? A river bank. And we probably fish from one. I've said that that way many times because it's true. So a bank can be an aggregate of any one thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, then if we get into banking, the movement of money, deposits, withdrawals, loan, loan repayments, just the movement of money. And I'm not talking about a brick and mortar bank with a drive through teller. Right that I have to get a charter for and then be part of the cartel.
1: Not replacing the checking account.
0: No. Okay. So now if I go create this entity and put a bunch of money into it and I'm moving money in and out of it, collaterally withdrawals, deposits. But if we use life insurance, I want to make sure that it's a loan, a loan repayment, a premium or withdrawal, right? Correct terminology of the cash flows. Now I'm the business owner. I have piled up a bunch of money in this entity that I own and control, mm-hmm. and I treat it like a bank, quote unquote. So, what's wrong with that? that is my point.
1: Sounds like at the end of the day, the individual has contractual control over all those assets.
0: Now, <clears throat> it was all my money anyway, right? The corporation was mine, the bank is mine. Why do I wanna make a tax scheme out of that? Does the government, does the federal government give you any deals in taxation (laughs) i mean do they really so if i get a tax deduction today am i am i what does that mean i'm going to defer the taxes in some way later
1: that means you're intentionally planning to pay to pay taxes at an unknown bracket in the future on an unknown amount who wants that uncertainty nobody okay so and as you were talking it occurred to me how many business owners have all this capital stacked up in the business, refusing to take the distribution because they don't want to incur the tax, and I think it's because they don't know what could be possible if they, they don't get, know if they realize the income. It, 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 and I know it's I have a financial person saying, "Go ahead and pay the tax." Look, well, our but tax that, is going to go up or down.
0: <clears throat> That's no different than the real estate investor. <clears throat> Excuse me, the real estate investor who's in love with these ten thirty one exchanges. Uh huh. I mean, it's like, oh my God. And look, uh, I have a lot of real estate investor clients, but you don't have to be a real estate mogul right, to, to practice the infinite banking concept. I'm specifically going to pick on the mindset of an individual who, and, and I've said it many times, I'm just saying that when I find personally, when it comes to real estate, there's two types of in real estate investors. There's that one cheap person <laughs> who just can't re- doesn't have any money, doesn't have access to any money, and so they're looking for access to capital. And they refuse to
1: pay for value. Mm-hmm. In whatever way, right? I'm thinking of like chrome bathroom fixtures. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. I know exactly Wait. what you're talking about. <laughs> Why are you jumping over the gold? Oh, yes.
0: <laughs> Shag carpet. Okay, <laughs> And then there's the other real estate investor who understands leverage, cash flows and controls, and they're not cheap. And I'm not saying, you know, they're, everybody in the real estate world is cheap. I'm not saying that at all. Um, we most people have a healthy aversion to overpayment of taxes. Yeah. Right, so I'm not talking about tax avoidance in any way. You know, we should all pay our fair share. I get it. Um, and I do. I pay more than my fair share in taxes personally. But the idea of 1031 exchange, where I can take the value, say I bought a property, X number of dollars, it's appreciated in value, and I can execute a 1031 exchange, 1031 of the Internal Revenue Code is where it comes. And I can exchange a like property into a like property, and I can exchange that appreciated value in a tax neutral way, from one property to the next, right? And do that over and over and over and over. And look at how great I've done avoiding taxes. You have not avoided taxes. You have postponed them. You have Mm -hmm. piled them up on your next generation. And maybe you don't like your future project. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But I'm just saying. um, That's what's happening. That's exactly what's happening. And then when you do that with a qualified plan, and you have to take your RMDs into the future, and you've got 5 or $10 million worth of real, real estate that may or may not be cash flowing like
1: you need it to be. Huh when you reach 72 now. Is the market going to be where, like is it going to be a good housing market? I I like real estate. I'm not
0: even picking on real estate. I'm not picking on 1031 exchanges. It could be
1: any asset that you play the tax game with. That's that's how I'm talking
0: exactly about our thinking. Yeah. Right. Do you wanna pay taxes in a known bracket or an unknown bracket? Do you wanna have control of your capital or do you wanna abdicate that control to someone else? It gets down to that because a business person, in my opinion, a successful business person knows what to do with money when it comes to their business. Right? They just need access to that capital.
1: Nelson put it so simply, and we always, we talk about this is you just, for every person, regardless of background or experience to understand, it's that, if somebody creates a problem, namely onerous taxation, and then they create the exception to the problem that they created, don't you get the faintest idea that you're being manipulated? I feel, I feel
0: I'm feel, i getting the wheelies because I feel manipulated. Of course you're being manipulated, right? <clears throat> let me let me go back and say, too, that the business person is, if they don't know what to do with capital, right, they're learning what to do with capital. Yep. I mean, that's through the endeavors of business. And we all are. I and am. the more capital you have access to, The longer period that you'll have to learn, (laughs) right? Yeah, potentially. I'm not saying that we can't learn from failure, and that's a very important part of learning. But you just need access to capital. You, me, and then you mentioned earlier: every family's the the families are no different.
1: Every family
0: has need for capital, and the need is not going away. We talked about this. It's not my need for capital is not going to diminish in the future just because I have a birthday whether I'm 59 and a half 70 75 80 85 now my need uh, may be different mm-hmm. right I'm, I'm, I may not need to pay a gym membership right right but maybe my grandchild has a need for an education I don't know maybe my special needs child mm. uh, whatever
1: yeah and I'm think, gonna have need and that's so poor capital we're giving this away for free. <laughs> you know for long we're going to build I, I, <laughs> I, I tell financial people who because I, I I think I've told the story in the past that it used to tick me off that the conventional financial people would say oh you're just a life insurance guy I mean what oh, if people want gosh. to invest And <clears> so I've told that story about how in fact, if you focus on capitalization, you're actually preparing yourself to invest in a far more spectacular fashion than you're going to go get on the Federal Reserve cartel manipulated market. Well, I don't right? know. As
0: we speak today, the market has been hammered. I'm, well, I don't want to say what I
1: might buy or what I
0: might not buy, but <laughs> if I were buying, I would want to buy on down cycle mm-hmm. than an upcycle.
1: But anyway, so I tell them. But I'm not buying. I, I tell those people that it, it, we're actually, the profession is missing an extraordinary opportunity to provide the solution to the most severe financial problem that individuals, business owners or not, face, right? And that is the need for capital. When Nelson, people think it's, and he was being modest, I believe, when he said that all his, his contribution to the financial world was that he recognized that the individual's need for capital exceeded their need for death benefit. And then he added scale. Added scale. That's what he, and I'm, it's sure. like, okay, you can say that and it's like, <clears throat> add some knowledge about life insurance and see what that can look like and what that can cause. But that's a pretty epic identification, right? In that case, he's comparing the need for capital to the need for death benefit, sure. Epic But who? The
0: Austrians? The libertarians? Should, the average business owner knows that, don't they?
1: Well, do they? I well, don't know. maybe Why? they don't recognize I don't it not know. But the, compare... Okay, so we can compare the need for capital to the need for death benefit. Well, they, they but compare, the, compare the need to capital for the uh, laundry list of other financial products that all of these financial engineers on Wall Street oh my manufacture <clears throat> and then foist on the unsuspecting American consumer, right? The need for capital is far and away the more severe problem in need of help. And, huh, I wonder, why would it be the case that the industry that offers all these products on the contribution or I'm sorry on the compensation scheme of assets under management why would those same people who also have the ability to give a product that gives back control over capital to the individual not provide it? Hmm. Oh I don't know maybe it's because and I, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist or anything but uh, maybe it's because they want to increase their assets under their management Yeah, thanks. rather than re, rather than Give back control to the individual and provide the contractual met. Gee, I mean, is there something burning or uh, had a little fire? What there, was that? A firehouse fire right around the corner.
0: Oh. <clears throat> look, the, why would they all, not give it back? All of these uh, entities that you're talking about are in the banking business.
1: I mean, my gosh. Uh, okay, so
0: and, and look, does... Let me back up a minute. Does the average business owner recognize their need for capital? They they do. I, I believe they do. They don't know what they can do with the infinite banking concept. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so because they have a ferocious need for capital, they're often in the place or in the position that even if they like this idea, Mm. I love this idea I love this concept James you're exactly right beholden to the bankers you know I've got $20 million in assets collateralizing $10 million in um, you're not making funds. those numbers up
1: either that's like from an actual story that you had what like, was it last week or I'm
0: before? cutting those numbers by multiples
1: yeah. okay
0: and very successful very successful you, you gotta be you gotta kind of know what you're doing before a bank will leverage up like that yeah okay <laughs> um Okay, my my point is that the business owner has such a ferocious need for capital, they have difficulty sometimes figuring out how to capitalize a policy. I love this, James. This is the greatest idea ever. I'm so tired of the bankers having me, you know, uh, in the grip, and you know, my blood pressure's up. I'm going to stroke <laughs> out, and and at the end of the day, if something goes bad, everything that I put in, you know. Into this business over the next 10 or 50, the bankers are going to wind up with it, not my people, not my children, not my grandchildren. So, yes, please give me a solution, but I don't have any access to capital. Mm
1: -hmm. I don't have access
0: to enough capital to capitalize the policy sufficiently to become my own
1: bank. And all those needs. Yep, man, we all got to start somewhere. Yeah. Right. So, you're not going to do it overnight too
0: small, but nothing's going to change until something changes. Mm. All right. And so you figure out where to start. You can start. You didn't create all that debt and create all this business endeavors because you're not creative.
1: Right. Uh, Or unwilling to make a decision and execute. Yeah. Or
0: unwilling to take a risk. Right.
1: Yeah. That's really, there's some of my favorite, I mean, I love all my clients. Don't get me wrong. And we work, we have the opportunity to work with great people. But the ones who have done their research, they approach the process and the particular way that we've kind of laid out, reading the book, watching the videos, investigating, and then making the decision to go forward. The people who come to the table who are ready to go, who know that, I mean, it's such a, yeah. it's so cool to see that, you know, and then- But and, that's the way business should be. Right, and, and and like you said, that they don't know what can be done is they don't. Even, mm-hmm. even the person who says, okay, this is making sense. I'm gonna get, we're gonna start that process. We're gonna move towards purchasing a policy. They still don't know what's possible they don't and, and and it's my point is it's tremendous what can be done it's almost as if like the most productive people in society ironically undervalue the contribution that they're actually making they, and no what can question. be done yeah
0: they under no question they undervalue themselves they undervalue their time um or at least misvalue it right I mean we all recognize that our time has some value but it's grossly underestimated from the you know the average business owner
1: and we talk about a lot of times in the IBC community we neglect the death benefit the kind of things that a business owner a profitable (laughs) high cash flow business owner can do for his kids 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 because of that death benefit is like you know listen they're, they're I I don't even have words for it.
0: Well, Nelson brings brought a complete paradigm shift to the life insurance industry. Right. So when the focus was strictly on the death benefit, and then the consumer's focus was strictly on the premium, how much does it cost me to have that death benefit?
1: Such a hostile environment.
0: And then such a weak um, defense, which you pointed out. Yes. From the insurance industry, when they come under fire through, you know, uh, collusion with the Senate and Wall Street and all that, my um, Nelson brings a he brought a paradigm shift. Okay, so yes, we're focusing on the cash value, the cash value accumulation, but it's not to the point where you can tort or compromise. One of the greatest financial products that man has ever created, right?
1: right. We're not you, manipulating it to get something magical out of it. It's all legitimate. no, we're not. It's inherent. We're it's necessary. not. That's
0: being done on the big wide world in the internet, which which leads me to say that's <laughs> the whole purpose. Of, that's the background of our efforts to put you know resources and content that is accessible um, this year in 2020 is to bring clarity. So. We're just i uh, my hope is that it would give the viewer the listener the um, opportunity to oh my gosh, here's a short track here's a bypassing of the noise I'm, here's a roundabout I can avoid the noise and go here yep. um, that's my hope because there's so much noise out there, and yes, we focus on the cash value, but not at the complete destruction of The product, right, and you need a death benefit. I need a death benefit. And the older we all get, I assure you, the more important or the more Mm -hmm. valuable that will become.
1: Yeah.
0: And I don't care who you are. I do not care who you are. And whenever you structure policies correctly, typically you wind up with more death benefit at natural mortality than you otherwise would have. And for the life of me, I can't believe, I refuse to believe that the life insurance industry doesn't or did not know that Hmm. until Nelson Nash shows up. But then I'm not surprised. I mean, I hang around the home office of life insurance companies as
1: infrequently, as
0: as often as... uh, you know, kick my dog. I never kick my dog, so that's not a good... I do, I do. <laughs> I try to avoid the home offices of most life insurance. I've been in all the ones I want to go into, and I love the history. I love the nostalgia. I'm not, I don't even really want to beat them up, but I'm shocked at how many home office individuals don't own life insurance. Man. Don't own dividend-paying whole life insurance, and you're a mutual company employee or officer.
1: Shame on you! Talk about the fish being the last to notice the water.
0: Yeah, it shouldn't be so hard. You know, they have an opportunity to learn. So just, I'll, I'll be. And nice. a lot of them
1: really do. I mean, talking they about like, we, <laughs> we spoke about the Nelson Nash Institute annual think tank earlier this February 2020, uh-huh. where we they had very nice things to say about talking. Well, gave, I'm not talking talk about I those gave. people.
0: The people no. that the 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 life insurance people that attended the nelson nation I'm,
1: I'm i'm thinking of one most per- all of them yeah. on life insurance well i'm thinking of one in particular who like acknowledged and expressed that he needed to learn and was learning and felt the improvement i'm like it's good well, that hey, we do business together then
0: <laughs> i've spoke about it in the past you the financial advisor the guru you you, you won't pay a five thousand dollar year premium but you'll you'll ask a prospective client to pay 50 or 500 What's wrong with you? Stop it.
1: Listen, I want to become an agent. Uh, I'm going to get my license. I'm going to go become a practitioner. Yeah. And I just, I have all these people that I'm, you know, they're all going to pay a lot of premiums, a million dollars in commission, just waiting. Right. Oh yeah. my gosh. Oh, do you want a policy? Well, did you talk to them? I have. Did you
0: talk to them more than once? You know exactly and then why? I'm
1: talking to. <laughs> and no, we've not talked since. Oh my god. I know I own a convertible term. Okay. I got a
0: placeholder.
1: I'm well, going to do it later. There's your opportunity. Right. You know, Become a client. And then we can talk down the road. Well, I want to close that loop well, on. The, which on is the a legitimate,
0: owner. you know, the term, convertible term is a legitimate solution potentially depending on your situation. Yeah, go ahead and convert right. it. <laughs> but you know what Nelson's response to that was? Huh? Well, can't you just uh, collateralize that whole life policy in the first year? Hmm. So why should I buy term to convert later? Can I capitalize that policy? And if I need all of that capital, can I collateralize it? Yeah. And two, you quickly find out that maybe you could have done more than what you thought and maybe, oh, it was worth starting yeah. that permanent whole life, high premium, high cash value policy. Because yes, your need for capital is uh, always underestimated, but you know your future may be brighter than you think.
1: And it probably will. And so maybe we should be, maybe we should feel a calling to become prepared Ooh. to handle that when it Listen, comes. Listen, in 2020, you know, the, the work that you and Bob
0: have are doing mm-hmm. and Bob has done, um, the need to be prepared, if you look at Martin Armstrong and his, and I'm not a proponent of anyone promoting anyone, but, you know, his cycle show 2032. Um, For... Uh, for a governmental reset worldwide, oh, I mean it's legit. I'm just saying, there's always a need to prepare. Look at the coronavirus, right? Oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> I seen a meme the other day on Facebook, and I and I, I posted Post. it. Yeah, okay. I said the oh, coronavirus the coronavirus won't last longer because it was made in China. <laughs> I mean, when when yeah. should not when should when shouldn't we be prepared? when should we just put our head in the sand and not be prepared
1: whether it's coronavirus or whatever it is your need for capital is always going to increase but I want to close the loop on the business owner so the yeah the, the business owner under the infinite banking concept the individual personally owns the policy the business can choose to do its banking business with whomever it wants if the business owner is personally well capitalized then the business itself can choose the business owner with which with whom to do the banking and thereby allowing the business owner to retain contractual control over both the capital and the assets in the business Mm. and in so doing you also prepare to meet all of your other future needs for capital right so that's the and then if the business needs to get capital from the business owner the business owner takes a policy loan collateralized by the death benefit in the policy the business owner personally then lends that money to the business right the business will eventually pay back that loan at some point right don't steal the peas make a plan to pay back your loans of course you have the contractual authority to vary that repayment whenever you might like right don't have to meet your regular deadlines imposed like upon you by the bank unstructured
0: loan repayment oh Oh.
1: Yep. So, yep, and, that, and it, that can be done that can be done and and everything
0: looks, that you just covered can yeah. be done and then look I want to let's talk a minute about the uh, access to capital I'm a business owner I have a great need for capital I don't have access to enough capital I don't have access to enough I don't feel like and I'm looking at the numbers right, monthly mm. quarterly annual basis um, I'm looking at the cash flows. I'm looking at all the numbers. I don't feel like I have enough capital to Fund start this, you know, mm-hmm. high premium, high cash value endeavor.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. So, what's the solution to that?
0: What's the solution is to work with somebody who understands what they're doing and start where you're at and start where you can.
1: It's and it's probably it's probably possible.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: If there's a will,
0: there's a way. Now, that does not mean that, you know, I've got to go do a bunch of premium financing. You know, there's a lot of things that could go wrong. There's a lot of legitimate solutions. I'm just saying if you have cash flows and you understand leverage and you understand control, you can get it done. It may, it may not be at the level, you may not be able to start at the level that you can get rid of all the bankers tomorrow. Nelson called them snakes and dragons. It took him 14 years to get rid of the snakes and dragons from 1980, and the man had been buying life insurance for the previous 50 years, 40 years. All right, so, but <laughs> you ask him before he graduated, was it worth it? Yes. So, anyway, that's I just, you know, the mind cannot foresee its own advance. The future is broader than you think it is. You can do more than you think you can, and this may be better than you think it is. Without, without, you know, contorting, right? Anything legitimate. Okay.
1: So that's for the business owner. I'm glad we talked about that because I felt that it, we something we hadn't covered, and hopefully the business owner type. Clients and potential clients who are interested to know that kind of stuff will appreciate it and enjoy I it. I think they will. You know, we have a segment. I don't want to end on it though, but we've started a segment called uh, "Stories from the Front Lines." Well, we've talked about.
0: Oh, yes, yes. Okay, yeah.
1: sorry. So, stories from the front lines. Yeah, little segment here on the podcast now. So, the, the comments on YouTube are now what do you call it, audited, controlled? Right, they they're held be, for review. All right, so they got to be reviewed first, and this is why. <laughs> um well not, and, and let me say that we, thing either but
0: we've talked about starting a segment stories from the front lines i think there's an episode coming out called stories from the front lines mm-hmm. right yes okay so there's maybe there's, there's an a,
1: episode on it and then it's going to be a regular segment
0: it's going to be a regular uh, part
1: i'm That's not so gonna exciting. i'm not gonna read the whole thing because i don't want to give whoever this is i don't even know who it is but uh that full thing i guess somebody uh misunder I don't like full of misleading statements. I mean, I'm willing to take correction when it happens, but I do. I know you listen to some. I listen back to every episode before it goes out, and usually after it's out. And I'm my own worst critic. I'm very self-critical. I don't think that I've been full of misleading statements. And the the reason this person <laughs> says this is because maybe he misheard, and maybe he thinks that he's updating us on what dividends are the dividends that are paid from mutual life insurance companies to their uh policy owners maybe he thinks we don't know
0: maybe i know. don't know what he Or thinks. he needs to
1: advertise i that. think he's
0: a broke libertarian because he gets <laughs> off into taxation and war and yeah um doesn't know the history as well as he thinks he does yeah. so we'll but. be we'll be Time, has an opportunity try, to
1: learn and try to be positive here
0: and i, I must say ron i believe that was this was a comment off of a, a video that that i had released previously so it's not directly oh, a comment on the podcast of you and i i
1: see um, all right well you were probably being misleading then <laughs> <laughs> well, no i'm kidding but yeah. to correct that um we, yes dividends are technically a return of premium and thank goodness, because That's that is a classic. non-taxable event. Not a tax person, not giving tax advice, but I can read. And a dividend from a paid by a mutual life insurance company to a policy owner is a non-taxable cash flow. Are you mad about that? I mean, what do you want to change it? Like, what? what's... In that
0: particular video, I expressly said, I don't care what you call it. I don't care
1: how you classify. Call it a freaking banana. Just make pay sure it leads to the compounding on a guaranteed basis within an asset I own and control. Is it an apple? Is it a banana? Well, Is it a dividend? I
0: can't stand too many of those. <laughs> <laughs> Please, pour it on. Anyway. Do you only pay dividends once a year? I mean, if they're, uh, yes.
1: And then it ends with, so this, in fact, he's probably a, uh, one of these, it's, it's either an agent, an advisor from the conventional industry, who's upset that we blow up the conventional industry on this, on your channel regularly. Uh, but then there's this last line, and I know it comes from the consume, quote unquote, consumer advocacy types in the, uh, and yeah, academia who can't build a business. Oh my gosh, yeah. But this statement of, you know, my suggestion, no one asked for your suggestion, don't bundle protection and saving in a same plan. All right, so we'll set aside the uh, diction and grammatical <laughs> difficulties here. But the idea of not bundling protection, by which he means death benefit, and quote-unquote saving, which by which he means cash value, I would suppose, in a same plan... Life insurance isn't a plan, right? So this person's coming from the, we, we can tell by what the things people say where they're coming from. This is a conventional mindset where everything has to be in a plan, right? So we're probably eyeballs deep in the noise about qualified t- tax plans. Uh, and then bundling <laughs> protection as if we're bundling anything. The... You can't unbundle (laughs) the protection from the savings. The cash value is the net present value of the death benefit. If you don't have the quote unquote protection, if you don't have that future cash flow, if you don't have the death benefit, then you don't have cash value. Wait, wait, wait. You can't unbundle it. As soon as you unbundle it, you're just disintegrating one of the longest living, longest, most substantial history of a, in a financial asset ever so that you can go create universal life is that's really exactly, where this person's that's going. That's exactly
0: what happens when yeah. you unbundle dividend-paying whole life insurance. So it has been done. Ralph Nader was behind all that with A. O. Williams and all the rest of the people that colluded with Think the of
1: all the death benefit. That was wiped clean off the books oh, of life okay. insurance companies and all the capital that did not go to following generations because people ate up this scheme of separate the protection from the savings so that you can go buy term and invest the difference, which is what he was would continue to say if the character allotment allowed it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, all of uh, the businesses that weren't started, The, yes. the I mean... Mm. so i get triggered and i know no no
0: i mean and, it, and it's worthy so you know uh it says dividends are an overpayment of premium that's what that's how the irs is classified it's a return of an overpayment of premium yes okay and then i i made this statement in here that a dividend is a non-guaranteed element of a dividend paying whole life insurance policy and it's based on the company's financial experience of that year that's what they pay that that's yeah. why they pay the dividend um, because they had a positive financial experience. And you can't you can't change that That's... because of your opinion. You can't change that because um, you don't agree with, you know, uh, high premium, high cash value life insurance or just because you don't understand capital or right. you, you can't change that. It's like, you know what? The stars... Are in the sky.
1: I mean, do you prefer? I mean, w- maybe we change that. Maybe we don't want the company to have positive financial performance, so that the company that, oh wait, you're a part owner of. Since you're doing business, hopefully, with a mutual company, uh, you want that company to not have the positive financial performance, so that you don't get access to the dividend. So it's just like, where does that go?
0: You know, it doesn't. I don't know, but I do know that there needs to be a comprehensive, clear resource for people to have the opportunity to educate themselves correctly on life insurance and the infinite banking concept but I'm sure a guy like this wouldn't take the time and effort because yeah. he's just regurgitating the common noise. Right. But
1: And you know sometimes I think if Nelson were still around and he would watch this he, I could I know just like the article I wrote on Gary North you know he'd give me a call and he'd say Ryan just be the light stop dwelling on the and so I don't and I am self-critical and I know that the perceptions out there that I get triggered and get all into it and I just want everybody to know it's because you know it's it matters I think it I think it matters and so it's not the case that you know, I'm looking around ready to bite someone's head off. I didn't even know this was here until you showed me it. And I'm like, James, what are you trying to do? Well, I asked him what he listened up? to on the way down here.
0: And, you know, it wasn't anything that would trigger him. So, <laughs> and I encouraged him to start listening to Psalms and Proverbs, <laughs> you know, on audio. But since he wasn't triggered before he got here, I just threw that in front of him right when he sat down here. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, we've talked about this story this from the front lines. Here you fault. go. <laughs> <what> <laughs> I'm taking full responsibility. Good, um,
1: but, Nelson, if you're listening, I promise I'm not. No, we're not being ugly. Listen,
0: them. we're not being ugly at all. Um, but two, the this platform is not a this podcast is not a platform for you to expouse um, or debate or debate. Yeah, right.
1: Well, yeah, and also I'll end that. And on I'm, and I'm note, not
0: even saying that you have to have positive comments. You know, if they're a legitimate yeah. comments, please fill right. them up. You know, but don't cuss. Okay, mm-hmm. please, and and I'm not interested in what you're personally doing financially. Do that on your own channel or your own episode. That right? seems fair to me. I it's it is.
1: Yeah. So, but on the so on the flip side, to go to the positive part of it, you know, I had a client, um, real estate agent. And if, if he watches, he might know I'm talking about him. But it's all good. Um, he said, you know, I'm calling because I watched the podcast, and it seems like for you there's something ethical about this mm-hmm. that 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 come, he said this unsolicited right why not, are you
0: leaving me out
1: okay. well <laughs> he says it seems like there's more in this for you than just whatever the money is and so he, th- he said that Perfect. i think i am talking to a kindred spirit mm-hmm. right that in the first you. 10 minutes on the phone never sure. met this guy in my life right and it's like I'm glad that comes across. Immediate, instantaneous love—it's a love fest.
0: Yeah, right, there's,
1: yeah, and it's going to be good. He's yeah. going to—he doesn't even know how good it's going to be. I'm, so, I'm that's glad. the other side of it. If I irritate some people like this thing, then that's okay because the other—the people who who are turned on by it, who see where I'm coming from, who right? listen, maybe, yeah, then then it's like, my gosh, I can't. there, there can't be. Enough of that. Right. You know.
0: No, thank you for sharing that positive. Surely that's not the only call. Aren't most of your that's calls that way? just the away? recent one. That's the way yeah. our calls, they, when I get on the phone, they're like, James, uh, know your voice, but, and you don't know mine. And I'm like, well, I can't wait to get to know you. You know, they feel like they know us when they call, and I appreciate that. I love that. Look at all of the opportunity they have to see if you care. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. I mean. And if people want someone who doesn't care, like who's just... Treats it as a day job or whatever. I mean, okay, there's plenty of that. Go find yeah, that. Yeah, sure, absolutely. You want someone who, you know, I left a fully paid PhD program to come into like went and here. I'm encouraging of him to go
0: back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's a we could do a whole a whole episode on that because there's legitimate reasons, and it's not because of uh, you know modern the modern educational program in the system. That's not.
1: Okay. And I have to do the, dis- <laughs> I do have to do a dissertation. So I thought, you know, it might be good to go to a library every now and then. So I went to, want a concept. I went to TCU's library, right? Mm-hmm. And was instantly reminded of why I cannot stand oh, American universities. Why? Because there wasn't any old, just so green, lavish. It's like, oh, my, I'm just looking around and seeing dollar signs and all the, oh, cool. you know, the building and all this and then the, you know, entitled little students who are there give you an attitude because you want to check out a book and you're not a student. It's oh. like, where's the exit door? <laughs> like why did oh, I think sorry. this was a good idea I'm sorry you experienced that. and so I ran and it just occurred I'm just gonna have to build what I want to th- be comfortable to do that work yeah and that's really the next step there
0: well, I'm glad you went through that I'm not surprised of that outcome but let me say too that since we're ending on a on a high note yeah. right I, I received a, a thank you card from a Canadian practitioner Thank you for sending that uh, enjoyed reading that and he that's sweet it is very nice for him to even take the time but he listened to both of our talks in Birmingham at the Nelson Nash Think Tank and my talk resonated with him and um, it gave me confirmation that I'm, my topic was correct you know my subject was correct So,
1: I mean after you <laughs> talked people were literally giving their confessions Ooh. oh my gosh I got caught up in this I needed to hear what you said I mean that, yeah. it was like that was pretty cool to witness Yeah, very good. Then we're going to put it on the internet at some point, and then a whole bunch of other people will have that opportunity too.
0: Oh yeah, Yeah. we'll make it available. All right. What else?
1: All right. I'm hungry. (coughs) What? I'm hungry. You're hungry.
0: Well, what's new? (laughs) I mean, hey, there's a new restaurant. Is there? Yeah, but I don't know if they're open on the weekend. Surely they're open for lunch. Okay. Thanks for listening.
1: See you next time.